Thank you. It's good to be here. Welcome. Thank you so Pastor much for Nino. making me feel so comfortable. <laughs> good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. How are you this morning? Those of you joining us online, we're so pleased to have you with us. And uh, this is a great place to come for fellowship, to enjoy worship, but also to hear the voice of God. Uh, it is great for us to be here together again. And Darius and Vilma, always a pleasure and a joy for us to spend time with you. And it was such a wonderful afternoon spending time with the leadership as well. We had a good time, isn't it? Yeah, it was a good time together. And um, this morning, I want to share with you, and my message title for today is Pray Like Elijah. But before I go into that message, I just want to acknowledge uh, walking into the church this morning, it was so exciting to see the pictures that tell the story of the life of the church and ministry right from the beginning. When Darius and Vilma were a lot, just as good looking, but a lot younger. <laughs> and uh, all the leaders and the people that have in some way journeyed with you and influenced your lives. It's beautiful to see that story told on a wall. And what a beautiful way to capture that story. And uh, it's, it's wonderful to see that. And I know looking back at those, at those pictures, I thought, yeah, I was there when that happened. And so we've journeyed for good 20 plus years and we really appreciate the relationship and friendship that we have in working together to establish God's kingdom. Uh, so this morning I want to talk to you about prayer. It's something that everybody does, isn't it? Uh, we all learn about the different things and different ways of how to pray. But today I just want to speak to you very simply from uh, the life of Elijah and for us to learn some key things about Elijah's life of prayer that we can begin perhaps to um, incorporate into our everyday life of prayer. And uh, so there are seven lessons for us to have an effective life of prayer. If you have your Bibles, please do turn to 1 Kings chapter 18, and I'm going to be reading from verse 41 to 45. Elijah prays for rain. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed on the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Everybody say, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go back. How many times? Seven times. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop and it will stop you. As, uh, sorry, not the rain will stop, but the rain will stop you. 
and soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt, and he ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Here's the thing about Elijah. We know him to be a prophet from the Old Testament, and we know that God used him very powerfully. But Elijah was a human being, a man like you and me. True, he lived an amazing life. It's true that he was fed by ravens. He saw the widow's supply of oil and flour miraculously never run out. He raised people back from the dead. He faced the prophets of Baal and called down fire from heaven. What was it about Elijah's life that made his communication with God, his relationship with God, his requests with God, what was it about Elijah's relationship with God that when he prayed, it was like heaven listened and responded? And when you begin to look at the life of this man, a simple man like you and me, you and I in today's generation living under the anointing of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that was upon Elijah that anointed him to be a prophet now rests upon all the believers. That same Holy Spirit is available for us to have a relationship with, for us to have, the Bible says that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so that Holy Spirit is resident where? Within us. And so we are living in a different era, a different season, a different dispensation where it's not just one or two people that have the capacity to stand out from amongst the rest. But God is coming, has come, and he dwells among us, and he dwells within us. And so much more can we really learn from the life of Elijah and glean how we can have an effective prayer life. That when we pray, we know that God will come through for us in whatever circumstance or situation we are facing. Elijah knew his God. Can everybody say Elijah knew his God? He knew the character of God. He understood the personality of God. He was sensitive to the voice of God. And he knew God in such an intimate way that he knew how God would respond in any given situation. Wouldn't you and I like to be in that same place? That in whatever situation we may find ourselves and when we are faced with the challenges of life as they come, that we're never second-guessing what the outcome may be. We're never wondering God, will you come through for me this time? God, is there going to be a 
godly outcome to my life or is the mess in my life going to continue from one generation to the next? Is this the life that I should begin to accept and expect? Or is there something more? Elijah never settled for second best because he had this intimate relationship with God and he had the experience of a God who answered his prayers. So often we find ourselves caught in the dark, wondering, God, do you hear me? Is heaven even listening to the anguish of my soul? And it feels like heaven and God and his angels and all the support structures that we see in God's word seem so distant from the reality of what we are going through. But I want to remind you that the same God that answered the prayers of Elijah hears you every whisper, every cry, every tear, every anguish, every regret. He hears you and he knows what is good for you. He knows what is best for you. And it is for us, encumbered upon us, to have that relationship with the creator of this universe. Where he is not just close to us. He's not just near us. He dwells, oh, come on, in us. In every challenging situation in Elijah's life, he saw the deliverance of God. What, were there times Elijah was completely distraught? Yes. Were there times he thought, is anything going to come through? Yes. He experienced the human emotions that we all feel in challenging times. But he always knew that God would deliver him. So when he was faced with all these priests that were challenging him to see if his God was real, he said, do whatever you want to that sacrifice. I know my God will show up on time, in time, and do what only he can do. We often get disappointed with God because we are led to believe that he has not answered our prayers. Come on, how many of you have said, maybe you haven't vocalized it, but you've thought, God, you let me down again. <laughs> Come on. Are you guys being real here? God, thank you. Thank you in the back. That's, that's it. You've let me down again. I mean, come on, God. Not, not, not again. Not the same outcome that a very religious man was once caught in floods. He climbed onto the roof of his house and he looked to heaven and he trusted that God would save him. A neighbor came past in a canoe. He said, hey, jump in. I'll take you to safety. No thanks, replied this very religious man. He was now praying in tongues because he was getting a little worried. He said, I've prayed to God and I'm sure he'll come and save me. A short time later, the police came by in a boat. The waters are soon going to be above your head. 
You'd better jump into my boat and let me take you to a place of safety. No thanks, replied the religious man. Kalamashandaing. He said, I've prayed to God. I've spent all night praying in tongues and I'm sure he will save me. A little time later, a rescue helicopter comes in to airlift him out of safety. And they say, come on, jump on, take hold of this harness and let us bring you to safety. Because you are going to drown. He says, no thanks, said the religious man. What kind of a man was he? A religious man. I've prayed to God and I'm sure that he will save me. All this time, the floodwaters were rising and continued to rise until he reached a point where he was completely drowned. He wakes up in heaven. He meets God and he says, God, come on. Three times, three times, people came. Three times, I thought there was some hope or something. Where were you every time I prayed? So God ushers him in and he says, yes, my child, I sent you a canoe. I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter, but you never got in. What we need to understand is God is God. And we are his creation. We are human beings and we need to understand our limitations. Elijah understood that. He knew he could not manipulate God to perform the way that he wanted him to. He knew that he couldn't twist God's arm to create an outcome that Elijah believed would be best for him and his interests. So often we find ourselves in this situation where we play God to God. We say, God, just do it this way. And if you do it this way, I know you're God. Come on. Prove yourself to me once again. We need to move from those places of expecting God to prove his love for us to us acknowledging and accepting that we know God and understand him Understanding that he will always, in every given circumstance and situation, deliver us. And he will answer our prayers. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, know that God will answer your prayers. There are seven things that I want us to, just seven simple practical things that we can learn from how Elijah expressed and experienced this relationship with God and prayed. The first thing I noticed about Elijah is that he prayed prophetically. Not pathetically. Prophetically. Everybody say pray prophetically. He declared God's outcome and not his outcome. He declared what he understood that God would do. He said to his servant, I hear. What did he say? 
he perceived something that was not visible yet. But he said, I hear a rainstorm coming. And so he sent his servant to the tip of the mountain and said, what can you see? He said, I can see nothing. His servant was not in the same spiritual atmosphere that, as, that Elijah was living in. When he looked out, he just saw a blue sky and said, uh, nothing's happening. And Elijah knew God so well, he said to his servant, how many times? Seven times. I'm telling you, I hear the rain coming. Remember, there had not been rain for years because Elijah had prayed that there would be no rain. Now he's reverting the very prayer that he had exercised earlier with God. Seven times, and on the seventh time, his servant comes back and says, Oh, I see a small cloud. What the servant had to see, Isaiah heard. Uh, sorry, Elijah heard. He had perceived that God would bring rain because it was in keeping with the will of God in that season of his life. Amen. So Elijah prayed in keeping with God's will. He prayed in keeping with God's ways. And he prayed in keeping with God's word. When we declare God's will, when we declare God's way, when we declare God's word in our given situations that seem impossible, we make God the epicenter of our prayer. And not my will as Jesus prayed, but your will be on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever heaven wills is what must be experienced on earth. I think sometimes as believers, we flip that. My will on earth, God, bless it. My expectations on earth, meet them. But God is God and we're human beings. And we need to come to the understanding that God is sovereign. And we need to learn to yield to the leading and the guiding of the work, the will, and the word of God. So next time you want to declare something, don't spend time declaring the situations and circumstances that are obvious. He never asked his servant to say, see if you can see dry ground anywhere. Because that was obvious. What was not obvious was there ever going to be rain. I know I'm sick. You know you're financially broke. You know you're facing a challenge in your relationships. Those things are obvious. Let's not spend time giving breath and life to the problem, but instead declare God's word in those situations. And begin to perceive how is it that God is going to bring me through. Let me declare that in my prayer. Did Elijah 
make a big fanfare of his declaration. It was just simply something that he did that was an extension of his relationship with the creator God. He said, I know my God. I hear rain. He perceived something before he could see it. He perceived it. And that's what we need to come to that place. The second thing Elijah did is he prayed big. Everybody say, Elijah prayed big. Sometimes, I, I use this phrase, it's a phrase we use in India a lot, someone with a village mentality. In other words, they've never experienced life outside of their little village. And sometimes we create these little cul-de-sacs and villages of our faith life and say, this is all that I can expect of God, from God, and this is all that there is. We never lift our expectation beyond the very boundaries that we have built and have nothing to do with God. And we say, this is how God operates. James teaches us that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That means it will achieve its purpose. What kind of a person? The prayers of a righteous man. So our relationship with God, maintaining an intimate relationship with God, walking righteously has an impact on the experience that we have in everyday living. James 5, 17 and verse, it says here, Elijah was a human being. Even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain. On the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed. And the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crop. Now, was the miracle in the hands of Elijah, was Elijah causing the rain to stop and come? No. He just had a connect with heaven. And he knew God so well that when he knew God wanted to stop rain, he said, God, can you please stop the rain? And the rain stopped three and a half years. And when they needed rain, he said, rain's coming. All of a sudden, there was a deluge. There was floods that had come through. The power of your prayer rests in the power of who God is. And we need to understand that sometimes. Sometimes we believe that if I pray longer, if I pray stronger, if I pray louder, maybe heaven will hear me. Let me tell you, your prayers are a breath away. And we need to come to this place in our lives where we are able to literally breathe prayer in our situations, knowing that God already knows what we need and that he has gone ahead of us and that he will prepare and make a way. But we're simply praying, God, I'm trusting you that you're going to bring me through this month. God, I'm trusting you that you're going to bring healing into my life. But pray big, don't pray small. Pray big because we have a big God, because God wants to do much more than we could ever imagine, ask for, or even expect. 
The power of our prayer is never in our human ability. We, you know, we can never manipulate God. We can never twist his arm. We can never get him to do what we need him to do. God is God. Can we settle on that? He will do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, through whom, whoever he wants. And there have been times I'm very offended with God. You did it for him, but you left me out. And I quickly realized that what was good for him was not right for me. The third thing Elijah did is he prayed in faith. Everybody say, Elijah prayed in faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. You're going to see a tree right now. And that tree that you're going to see up here, do you know what tree that is? Well, all of you think it's an oak tree. It's a mustard tree. Jesus said, if you have faith the size, I'm sorry, I forgot to bring my mustard seed. But a mustard seed is a tiny seed. You all know what a mustard seed looks like? And Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. But you mean that little seed, that little bit of faith that I have can turn around a situation that seems impossible? You mean that little, little seed, that inconspicuous seed that I can so easily lose can turn around? Something that seems so terrible. It's not the size of the seed, but it's how that seed has been created. It's the potential within that seed. One seed produces this. Where's my tree gone? One seed produces this that produces more seed. So Jesus doesn't want us to focus exclusively on the size of the seed, but on the potential of the seed, the way it was created to be effective. You with me? To produce and reproduce. And so your faith, no matter how little and you might weak, you might consider it to be, but if it is faith in God, then it will produce what it was designed to produce, something like that. Your faith will give birth to faith. Your, your faith will yield fruit beyond your imagination. So let's not try to fit God into the box sizes of our faith and say, God, just a little bit of faith. Okay, I have a little bit of faith. No, 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 no. That little bit of faith that you have actually produces that come on the next time you crush a mustard seed think oh god how many trees could i be having <laughs> faith exercise your faith no matter how weak you might think it is how little you might think it is it's not about experience and the years you've been in church or no god it's just about knowing that if God has given you faith the size of a mustard seed, it can produce that. 
Amen. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask for, imagine according to his power at work, where? Where does the power of God work? Within us. His Holy Spirit dwells within us. And that work of the Holy Spirit is within us. God can do anything. Turn around to your neighbor and say, I don't know what you're facing, but God can do anything. The fourth thing that we can learn from the life of Elijah is that Elijah prayed with persistence. He never gave up. I may have told you this story, but I always bring my dog into every sermon. For those of you that have dogs, you know your dogs. They are sweet animals, but they are persistent animals. When I'm eating my toast in the morning, she's there looking at me. Fixated on me. It's like she loves me. She adores me. And then I finish my toast and she moves over to my wife's side of the table. Because I don't give a toast in the morning. But my wife does. And so she knows the source of her toast is not me. It's my wife. And so she'll reposition herself and she'll sit there waiting, waiting, waiting for that last bite that Naomi keeps for her. Through our conversation and family chatter, she's there looking up at that. And then comes the reward. Her persistent, her persistence pays off. She doesn't shift her gaze, doesn't look at Amy Joy, doesn't look at Grace, because they don't give a toast at the morning breakfast table. Only Naomi does. I've told her not to, but she does. That persistence pays off because she knows the source of her reward. We need to understand that when we are persistent, it's not about badgering God to do something, but it's about saying, God, I, I can't go to my neighbor for this. I can't go to my friend for this. I can't look here and there. I just need to look at you. I just need to wait for you. And in your moment, where you release something that is going to be a blessing for me. That's what persistence is. It's never being distracted by the other things that are on display, but simply on what you know to be the source of what you need. Amen? The fifth thing that Elijah did that we can learn from he never despised the days of small beginnings. Can you imagine if Elijah's servant came back to him and said, Elijah, it's a small cloud. I mean, it's, it's, it's a startup. I don't think there's much hope in this. It's not on the stock market yet. I'm not sure this is really going to work. It's just a small cloud. Now again, like that seed of faith, Elijah said, if God is moving a cloud the size of a man's hand, about this big, then behind that is a thunderstorm. He never despised the days of small beginnings. When 
the widow had just a little bit of oil and flour. He never said, what, is that all you got? You expect God to do something with that? I mean, come on, bring a better offering to God, a bigger offering to God? No, he said, great, let's take that to God. Let God be God. Because only God can do what you and I can never, ever do. So never despise the small glimmers of hope that we see when we're feeling down, when we're feeling like our prayers are not being heard, when we're feeling like, God, will you ever come? Never despise those rays of hope that God brings, but see them and see them as a sign that heaven is behind me. Can you say that? Heaven is behind me. See, your prayer is not about you trying to work up your sweat. It's just simply knowing God and knowing that heaven is with you, heaven is for you, and that God will deliver you. The sixth thing that Elijah had was godly expectation. God meets you at your point of expectation. 1 John chapter 5, 14 says, And we are confident that he hears us. And whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Can we say that? When we ask for anything that pleases him, not us. Our charismatic Bible has taken out the word him. When we ask for anything that pleases us, he will give it to us. No, 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 no. It's when we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears faith, Elijah knew God heard him. When we make our requests for things that please him, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Beautiful. Sometimes I wonder, how much of time I spent praying for things that I wanted because I never understood they were not things that pleased God. So when we know our God, we know what pleases Him, and then when we ask and pray according to those things, He will. Elijah leans into God, and ultimately whatever he did was always for the glory of God. He said, answer me so these people will know, O Lord, that you are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. He never said, God, come through for me in front of all these horrible priests so as I look good, so as my ministry reputation is kept safe. <laughs> That people still consider me to be a prophet in this generation. No. He said, God, come through for us. Come through for me. That you might be glorified. When our prayers are focused on the glory of God, we experience the glorious outworking of God in our lives. The seventh thing is this. The lesson we learned is that Elijah prayed always with a sense of preparedness. He was always ready for what God was about to do. There is always something 
that we need to do when we pray. I'm not saying run around like a headless chicken trying to sort the world's problems out. But I'm saying do what you know you need to do in faith. Prepare. Prepare for what you know is going to come. Be ready for whatever you know God is going to be bringing to you as your answer to prayer. It's like a woman, like a couple who are looking to get to have a baby. I remember our, our first baby. We had everything we needed before we even were pregnant. Sorry, I was not pregnant. My wife was pregnant. My wife had gone shopping because we planned we were going to get pregnant. And so she was shopping. It's like, honey, how much more do we need? The baby hasn't arrived yet. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl. It's okay. We buy yellow. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we had everything we needed before she was even pregnant. Second baby, even worse. We happened to be in America. And we were shopping at the sales. It's like, honey, we, you're not pregnant yet, are you? No, no, but we've got to have a baby. She was preparing for what was to come. Amen? And there was something then we had to do. God's sovereignty works with our responsibility that brings out the miraculous in our lives. Amen? Five loaves and two fish. Jesus took what he had. He broke it. He blessed it. And we know what happened. So it was for the lame man. He was lying down, fed up with life, but... He looked to Jesus and Jesus said, get up. Did he say, tomorrow? No, he just got up and he walked. 35 years he hadn't walked. Peter had never walked on water. He stepped out of the boat and what happened? He walked on water. So also with Elijah, when we focus on God and not on the chaos around us, as evident as it is, as real as it is, our reality is that God is greater. Our reality is that God hears my prayer. Our re reality is that God, you will deliver me. Amen. Why will God deliver you? It's because he has a covenant with you. He has a covenant that he has entered in with you. He says, I will make a covenant with my people on that day, says the Lord. This new covenant that we have is what brings us into that place of intimacy with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And so this week, as you enter into your week, as you continue in your life, Remember the lessons that we've learned from Elijah's life of prayer. Let them be part of who you are. Make them the very breath of your life. And you watch how God will lead and guide you and answer your prayers in ways that you haven't even imagined yet. Let us hold tightly. Everybody say, hold tightly. Come on, lift your hands up and say, hold tightly. To the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Amen.
Let's bow our heads. Lord, this morning there are people here, people online. Each one of us need to grow so much stronger in our understanding of who you are, have a greater understanding of how you work in our lives. Lord, I pray for each one of us today that you would help us to have learned something from the life of Elijah. For us to begin to learn to pray in a way that Elijah prayed. Lead and guide us by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.